There exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast. This is Jim Huntsman, your host, and I'm coming at you from the Broken Town Studio right here in Clark Fork, Idaho. Uh, just plugging along through winter here, folks. Let's see. I'm having uh, like some technical difficulties here. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully this will uh, work out. Matt, can you hear me all right? Loud and clear. Sweet. And I'm picking you up now. Man, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what, what happened with all that. We had to. Could you hear the intro music? I could. Okay. All right. So we are rolling. Guys, this week, uh, or I should say this episode, um, what I'm doing is as kind of, uh, again, following the, the the main theme that we've been going along with uh, all winter long in terms of looking at the future of hunting, looking at whether or not hunting is conservation, uh, getting on a bunch of different voices and different perspectives uh, so that really you guys listening can digest this stuff and determine what you think and, and determine where, as, as we look, not just next year or next hunting season, where are we going to be in 10 years or 20 years or 30 years? Uh, and so I decided, because I'm really interested in in what he has to say and I'm, I'm interested in his perspective, uh, Matt Rinella, uh is on the show with us this week. And, uh, Matt, I just really appreciate you joining me, man. Glad to be here. Um, I, I, I too am deeply interested and concerned in where we're going to be 10 and 20 years from now, which is why I've been making, making noise publicly about hunting the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. You have. So I, I, when I first heard your perspective, it was, I think you were on uh, with Robbie on Blood Origins. Okay, yeah. And then uh, recently I've listened to a couple of your podcasts, uh, which uh, your podcast is called Hunt Quietly, correct? Yeah. Yep. What made you decide to start a podcast, first of all? Because they're a pain in the ass, as you could see, is uh, all the trouble I had getting this one going. <laughs> yeah. I wrote a couple articles. Uh, that, that was the first thing I did. Uh, expressing some of my concerns about the future of of publicly accessible non-pay hunting, which is the thing I care about uh, mm-hmm. in in the U.S. And there was there was a a lot of editorial constraints on me because uh, I uh, like how would you say this. The threats I perceive are different from what you will hear in mainstream hunting media. And and, and matter of fact, I think the threats are the main, the primary threats are from within. So I I felt quite constrained in what I was able to articulate 
in the articles and was yeah, had had some articles that I was multiple articles that I was working with editors on, and then they they once once they got a sense for the tenor of the article, they they dropped the article. So mm. it was like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be able if I'm gonna articulate what what uh, my beliefs that I, I'd have to do it in a, through a different means. And so that the podcast format seemed like a logical way to do it. I mean, what else is there? The only other thing is social media. Well, now I have, we have, we have, there is a, we now there's a few of us devoted to, I don't know how you articulate what we're trying to do. I, mean, I get, I get that. I've been calling it a movement. Uh, the hunt quietly movement, but we have a, a Instagram mm-hmm. page as well. So I don't know, that's a long-winded answer to your question, but just the freedom of being able to say what I want when I want the way I want to. Yeah, no, and it makes sense too because that's that's the beauty of doing a podcast, man. It's just two dudes talking, uh, or I mean, you know, obviously if you have more on the on the show or whatever, but uh, it's just a couple dudes talking about what they think what they think mm-hmm. is at stake what what uh what challenges we have and i want to i don't want there to be any misconceptions as to like i i've i've heard enough of um between your podcast and what you've talked about elsewhere and and uh, a couple of articles that i've i've read you've written um you and i are not going to agree on everything but i i think that there's there's a couple of things that I, I really want to drive home before we get into the nuts and bolts of that is a my, I, I firmly believe that one of the biggest problems that we face as not just hunters, but as Americans is this difficult, this level of difficulty people put on having difficult conversations. Nothing gets accomplished when we all just are a bunch of echo chambers uh, talking about the same shit all the time. And, and so that's, I think these hard conversations are important. Second of all, there has only been one guest that I've had on this podcast, whether we agreed or disagreed, that I did not become friends with afterwards no. after having him on the show. And, and I want to keep it that way. And so uh, I think that that's important, too, because, I mean, it's just we're all hunters, right? And we're all... We're all in this together, and we all see things differently. We come from different backgrounds. We have different perspectives as to um, how we perceive what challenges we face now. Yeah. So. Well, okay. So there's. Yeah, I agree with very a lot of that. I mean, I, I, I don't see where I, I don't see where many of the people that have this like developed this public persona around hunting. I don't register that they see a concern. So, uh, you know, to yeah. me, it's it's like red line cons- level of immediacy. And, it, you know, I, I liked your your intro that, that I, to your podcast. And I listened a little bit to a couple of your episodes. And I like where you're going. At least you, you, at least you see that there is a threat. We might disagree about what the threats are, uh, but... At least it's not all rainbows and unicorns to you, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a lot of hunters out there that have a uh, blinders on. They're asleep at the wheel uh, when it comes to you know. We love this lifestyle. We love and you know we like to share it. We like to we like to talk about it. We like to. Uh, 
part of what your premise is. You know, we this is a community that has, you know, there's it's like a cultural thing or something. I, I don't know where I'm going with that, but the point is, uh, I, I kind of want to dive into, first of all, most people are going to know who you are, Matt, uh, but I do, I do still like to get a little bit of background on how you grew up, and I think that that helps kind of give us a sense of, of where you're coming from. Um, tell, give us a snapshot of who you are. I, I uh, was born in, in – I was raised in, in Michigan in kind of a rural community. I mean, uh, there were woodlots around and farms and stuff, and, you know, but there was – it was also kind of – there was like a, a rural-urban interface and, and developed a love of hunting very early on. Um, tra- hunting and at that time trapping, I don't trap anymore, but and fishing. It, mm-hmm. it just was something that fascinated me from when I was very, very young and still captivates me today. And it was, yeah, it was a family thing. My brothers, uh, you know, my brother Steve is a, a media sensation in the hunting sphere and we all our whole family was was uh our we're pretty avid outdoors folks and um so and then it, it kind of even interface with my career choices i got a undergraduate degree and a, a master's degree in in agronomic crops because in the, my interest in my interest in agriculture stemmed from hunting on friends farms and things like that and then uh then from there i went on to like work in i i got a phd in in ecology and moved out of crops and into natural systems now i work in gra- grasslands um but even that, you know, my interest in in ecology was a part a part a reflection of my abiding interest in hunting in the natural world, and and so that's then then as time went on, I, I guess I guess became started to have strong opinions about about hunting and what it is and where it should go and that's what led to me kind of reach uh being coming a little bit more public about my viewpoints you know and i'm i'm way curious about that like how that came to be because you know you can imagine you'd, you'd mention your brother on on one side of this fence and you're on the other side of this fence um where where did actually before we go there because in, in case somebody doesn't know like I'm on your website right now huntquietly.org uh and you're wearing a t-shirt that says um depublicize deglorify and demonetize and can you give everybody like a quick synopsis of what your platform is and what uh, as a principle you're trying to achieve yeah i guess there's a if I articulated that three days in a row, it'd be somewhat, it'd be quite different each time I did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me, but let me see what I can do to kind of very quickly articulate the nuts and bolts of it. So, uh, 
what I see, what I've seen hunting become. Okay, so the problem I see is that hunting has become access to quality hunting has become more and more expensive. And if that wasn't the case, it, uh, hunting uh, quality hunting opportunities become more expensive. It's it's become it it's become more precious. And if that wasn't the case, I would never have said. I've never, I never would have started to articulate my views about it in the public sphere. That's to me, that is what drives me to say things in the public arena about hunting is that mm -hmm. the cost is going up. The opportunity is going down. And what, what I think there's a, there are multiple drivers in that, but in my mind, the biggest driver is uh, hunting promotion hunting hunting television um hunting social media have created a market for the the hardest thing it is to access it's not the hardest thing to get the, mm -hmm. the, the what you need to have to have a good hunting experience the toughest thing is not physical fitness or prowess with a a particular weapon or uh, it, or um, anything like that. It's it's what it's what nobody talks about. It's access to land that has wildlife on it that mm -hmm. aren't completely freaked out. Um. So what hunting promotion has done in my view is created a market for access to wildlife the thing that's hardest to get so people look at attractive hunting content on social media youtube the outdoor channel sportsman's channel etc cetera, etc cetera, and they like they're like i want to I want to emulate that. I want to have that lifestyle. I want to have that level of success in my pursuits. I want to be that guy or gal. And so they start throwing money at it. Uh, and they, what they're, and they're buying, what they buy access for themselves. They buy land if they can. They buy, they lease property if they can. So, I, I, in my mind, I mean, it's unquestionable. You can, you, you cannot argue that the amount of leased land in this country has for hunting has skyrocketed. The amount of amenity ranches, working landscapes, areas that used to be in production agriculture, and you bang on the door, maybe the guy let you on. Now it's owned by people that are managing it for wildlife. So they can hunt it and post shit on social media or make hunting TV. And so what I see is that the grassroots hunting community in the United States has largely been displaced as a consequence of, of advertising, of hunting promotion. So that's okay. that's that's the way I see it. I don't I don't know how you can even begin to formulate an argument to the contrary. 
I mean, like the, the, all the land, I've said this a million times, but maybe some of your audience will be new to my perspective, but I look at where I live in Eastern Montana, which is traditionally a great hunting area. Mm-hmm. And all the people that I know here, like I moved here as an adult in my early thirties, but all my, I have many close friends here and that, that are hunters and even some that are like, they have only a tangential interest in hunting, but they all say when they were kids when they were young people, they could hunt all this ranch land around here. Now the vast majority of it is leased up. It's gone from like you go and bang on a door and you have a pretty good chance of getting on to it's even ridic- it's ridiculous to even think for a second that you're going to get on. Well, how, mu- how much that's... of that, Matt, when you're talking about knocking on doors and getting, trying to get onto private land, how much of that is, is from leased up hunting space versus like uh, it going from, you know, a mom and pop farming operation to like a corporate farm. I, and I'm asking this legit. I don't know. I don't know if that yeah, has something well, to do with it. These, these, that had, that model has, not, it's not, none of these ranches out here in my neck of the woods are owned by conglomerates. They're still all, some of them are very, still very like large ranches. Owned kind of they're you, yes. Everybody, no, the, the people still live on the ranches. So it's gotcha. not that, it, it, but that's a very good question. Well, um, I, it just popped question. into my mind yeah. as, as you were describing that, because I, I know, I know, well, Hey, by the way, before we go too much further, man, I wanted to say while we're recording happy birthday, man. Oh, thank you. I'm having a glass of whiskey on your birthday for you. Just so you know, oh, I, I, oh, I don't know what, if, um, if, what you're doing over there. I, I too am having a glass of whiskey. I don't know <laughs> who did it. I don't know who did it, but somebody left me a bottle of Crown Royal in my car for my birthday. So nice. sipping away at that. Well, you can't, uh, you can't, <laughs> I don't know. You got to have a glass of whiskey on the birthday. So yeah. Okay. So I want to, I want to get back to. So what do you think? What do you agree? Well, I, I agree with a couple of things. I agree with, um, the fact that there is what used to be really good hunting access for people that are just regular average Joe kind of people that don't want to drop a fortune to get onto a farm and hunt pheasants. Right. I, I think that that has changed dramatically. And I, I think, but not that, for big game. You know, I don't know because I, 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 I only like to talk about things that I know very well, and and I, I don't know. I've never hunted big oh. game on on agricultural interface. I've only hunted big game on public land, forest service land. You know, um, with the exception of what little I've, I, you know, like I've got. 26 acres here in North Idaho. I'll, I'll take the girls up and have them shoot a deer or whatever. Uh, but you know, so you're, but even though you operate in the hunting sphere, you're not aware of the fact that more and more land is leased up for big game. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm painfully aware of that. Uh, but from my personal experience, when I go, like I used to be a prolific pheasant hunter, and the problem is, is it costs a fortune to go pheasant hunting now. Um, and so it's, it's not, there's, you're not going to find disagreement with me in terms of whether or not we still have access on leased lands or agricultural interface hunting properties, uh, because that has gone up. And, it, and it's, that's going to be a very regionally dependent thing too. Like things in, in Texas. Mm, I don't or think Minnesota. so. I, I, 
I feel like I have the eye of Sauron now a little bit. Like I, I hear from people all over the country. I'd say that, that, that that's, that's uh, if you go to the East coast, it's to the point in a lot of places where people are on the precipice of giving up hunting entirely. Well, I, um, I don't blame them though, Matt, because I was stationed in North Carolina when I was in the Marines and this was way before social media and, and what hunting has become today. Uh, th- this was in the late nineties, early two thousands. And it was all, if you wanted to hunt, you had to have access to private land. And all of that was through like private hunting clubs or leases that were way out of the budget range of a 19 year old Marine making it on 600 bucks a month. Uh, you, you know, and so I, I think that it's more problematic here in the West. This, this particular issue is more problematic here in the West and it's not anything that's all that new in places like the Eastern Seaboard in Texas and the Midwest. Okay, so I'd say, okay, let me get my head around. You're saying it's not a problem and leasing is not a problem in the East? Or it's just been a no, problem no. so long that nobody even thinks of it I, as a problem? I, I think that that's it because when I, I remember, you know, I'd, as a Marine, you, you're going to wander into a few bars and I'd ask the locals, I'd be like, where, where can I go to hunt? And, and they'd, they'd ask me, well, how much money do you have? And, and it yeah. was like a normal thing. It was a normal thing. And, and it, it's like, I, I had to get super creative to be able to hunt in North Carolina because there was no vast amounts of public land available, uh, to a kid from out West who was used to, you know, cause I, I grew up in the West that we, this, this whole issue of public land was not something that I wasn't familiar with. It's, it's what I, I lived. I, I just thought everywhere was like that. Right. Yeah. And so it was yep. like this normal thing to the North Carolinians when, when I was out there that, Oh yeah, you, you have to have a lot of money to, to be able to hunt in order to access the lands. And I agree with that being a major problem, Matt, because I am, I've said it many times on this podcast. I am not going to ask the p- king's permission to hunt the king's deer. That is not what how we were set up, and that is not the premise of the North American model and how we view the world as Americans. It's it's fucking bullshit, and so we we agree with that. Um, okay. I want to I want to back up. We kind of got off track there. Okay, so go ahead. Um, yeah, so but I'm still curious. Do you think that thing that uh, this situation I described, which is hunting writ small in the Western United States, where it's becoming more pay to play? Absolutely. Um, yeah. That, it, it, do you agree that media has some culpability there? I think that there are more than just I like. I feel like you present it from this position of it's only because hunters post grip and grins kind of thing and it makes other hunters no uh, hunting that, right? tv hunting tv hunting is, tv okay so things like in this community where i live things started to get constricted long before social media they started to get constricted with the ad but my understanding my friend's dad say when hunting tv started show you know cable hunting tv mm-hmm. um that's when they would notice that all of a sudden oh this year you can't go hunt the Smith Ranch because there's some guys from Minnesota that came out and they offered the guy some money. You know, that's when 
things got, and then every year there was more strings attached and, and, and more con- constrictive. Maybe you can come out next week. Oh, no, now you can't come even next week. You know, to the point now where it's like, yeah, it's laughable to think you'd get on. And, and yeah. you know, you, there's, there's, there's correlation without causation, but in, in my mind, it, you look, I look at advertising in, in other domains of, uh, in other in other human endeavors and enterprises and like advertising does what advertising does uh, so I, I i don't i think of the i think of those things as causally related i think that hunting media has caused hunting to become more expensive i know people that have leased land and who have outfitted people i uh, have hired outfitters that lease out land directly as a consequence of listening to Joe Rogan talk about hunting on his podcast, so you know, uh, but on it, and you only get to see a point oh oh one percent of what happens, you yeah. know. But so it's like I think that that stuff is pervasive. That people look at like, oh, look at Joe Rogan shooting these big bulls, you know. And I want to become a hunter and shoot a big bull and. And they figure out that everything he does is on private land, and like, oh, we're going to It just creates a market for it. Yeah, I mean, what, like, a, it's what just, about what about Matt? When when you're talking from like the historical context of the advertising and the promoting of hunting, like, like you know, you look back. Field and Stream Magazine started in 1895, and they sold advertising and promoted hunting back then. How does that relate to your argument now? Is there is there a way that you can kind of put that into context where it, it was changed dramatically through? I, I I'm not saying this because I totally disagree with your premise. I let me put it this way: I think that promoting hunting has its place, and and there there is good that comes out of it, and I think that promoting hunting has its wrong place, and that it is a factor. As to why some of our lands are less accessible now, accessible, did I say that right? Uh, versus, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, so I, and I think we're, we're in agreement with the overall objective of we want more accessible land and we don't want to have to pay to play. Um, but anyways, getting back to what I was asking, like, like, you know, you look at Field and Stream and the articles and the, and the things they were, they were putting, you know, white-tailed deer uh, down in a field, the, the, the old-fashioned version of the grip and grin uh, back years ago. Um, I don't know. It's like, to me, it's like the difference between looking at Playboy and watching porn. I mean, which is more provocative? Like Playboy, nobody looks at Playboy anymore. You just pull it up on your phone. Yeah, I mean, it's way I, better. It's made, it makes you want to do it way, way more. That's a that's a good way to put that. that that's I mean, I think like it's like this idea that people are always throwing at me that, well, showing you like your hunting prowess to everyone in the world willing to look at it on social media, that's just the new form of having cave art. If you were a primitive man. Or the brag board at the at the local at the at, at the local bait shop. Yeah. I just don't think that anybody is arguing that with me in good faith. I think that they're well aware of the major difference between 
showing everyone in the world willing to look and hanging it up in a bait shop. And the only people that go in bait shops are the local hunters and fishermen. So when people come at me with that, I'm like, I just don't feel like they're arguing in good faith, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you have the nice thing about, first of all, I, I respect the hell out of anybody that has a principle that they fight for because what's the point of having principles and belief systems if you're not willing to fight for them so i don't ever want you to take me wrong matt no 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 I, you know no, what i mean I like don't, I, don't, I, I, don't. I i i agree with that to an extent you know it could be argued like i'll give you my my instagram which is dismal in terms of followers and, and whatnot um most like 99 percent of the people that follow me on instagram are fellow hunters and that's what i'm sharing to or let's say I don't. Yeah, but you wish there were more. Oh hell You'd yeah! Never I, wish, like I wish I had a hundred thousand other hunters. You wish you had five hundred. You want as many people to see what you kill as possible, and that and to me that is the problem. People are hunting not because, uh, not because of their they 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 their, they need the the meat. I mean, not because they um, value the experience. Mm-hmm. But because they're trying to develop a public persona for themselves around hunting, and it leads to a lot of grotesque shit. Like now, the people that are most followed are people that shoot 20 to 30 big game animals a year. And that's what's modeled to our youth. I would and agree. That's I, I, I agree. I, I agree with something you, you said there actually wholeheartedly. I believe that there are people on social media that the sole purpose and reason behind them getting a hunting tag and going out there is for the fucking glory of the gram. And, and and you're talking to a guy, Matt, I, I am not a social media guy. My, my podcast is way bigger than what my Instagram reflects it as. Uh, and, and that's because I really don't know what I'm doing. And if I, if I didn't have this podcast, I don't know that I'd even be on there. Uh, you know, on other social media platforms, because I just feel like it's a good way for people to be able to say whatever the fuck they want to people and not get punched in the face where they couldn't do that in public. And that's what irritates me about social media. For me, I think that nothing for me, you know, I'm, I'm in my forties. I've been hunting the same way and, and, uh, doing the same thing since I was old enough to carry a, a BB gun in the backyard shooting magpies. And nothing has changed other than we have this social media thing now. And I do like to, and I, I want to ask you something about, because you, you keep bringing up sharing dead animals. Do you think it's realistic to expect people not to do that? Is that, is that like seriously a realistic thing? No. And that's the problem. Like, that's why I say that I'm 99% sure that, publicly accessible non-pay hunting will die because I don't think it's realistic. But are there, do you think that there's other uh, factors that would kill public land, uh, no pay to play hunting like we, like you and I know? I think that everybody like yourself that is in hunting media says that threats are um, uh, the government privatizing um, public land, which has turned out to be a highly unpopular position that most politicians have abandoned. Uh, and 
the vast majority and this idea that the antis are going to take it all away from us that's what that's the mainstream argument and then the reason that is is because any everybody that has a voice in hunting gets paid from it so they're not gonna out themselves as the culprit Mm -hmm. so i think the culprit is uh people that make money off hunting and people that wish they did make money off hunting people that make money off hunting and people people that are famous from hunting and people that wish they were famous from hunting i think that those that's why hunting has become expensive why it's becoming exclusive that's why we will become europe and i don't think it's realistic to ask people to stop but i mean i'm just on the one percent chance that people are willing to wake up before it's too late i'm putting myself out there but no i don't think i think it's on unre- i i think that i think that publicly accessible high quality hunting will die and i don't think it's going to be the antis i think it's going to be that it's going to be people the person with the people with the most money using hunting as a tool to create an image for themselves. And what, what is hunting to you, Matt? Like what, give me a, give me a sense of what hunting is to you personally and, and why you feel so strongly about, um, you know, like hunting media, uh, guys like me and guys like, you know, whoever else has a hunting platform, which, by the way, I have a day job, just so you know. In fact, I have two day jobs. Uh, that yeah, are- <laughs> and, and, and some so- of my favorite, some of my favorite people are are in hunting media. So it's sure. it's not like I dislike the I just dislike what they they do. Uh, but uh, like I, it's it's the the effect of it is hunting media is hunting advert is hunting media is land advertising. It's it's uh it's it's free advertising for people that want to sell hunting their land for hunting purposes or lease it out for hunting purposes free advertising for outfitters that gobble up land it's free advertising for this new group this new company that's operating throughout the west called land trust that's gobbling up exclusive hunting um opportunities matt can you explain Can you explain land trust to people that don't understand what land trust is? Yeah. So their outfit, uh, they operate operate in my state out of Bozeman. I mean, they operate all all over the U.S. uh, But uh, they, what they do is they orchestrate arrangements with large landowners whereby they organize the hunting on these landowners' land and in exchange, they get 20% of what the hunter plate pays the landowner. Gotcha. See, yeah, I, they, I wasn't super familiar with that They've gobbled up 400,000 acres in, in, in Montana uh, since they started in 2019. And so I think of hunting TV and uh, hunting YouTube and... And every single person that puts dead game and dying game on their Instagram or Facebook as doing free advertising for land trust and, and outfitters. Okay. Okay. 
I, I think that, um, the cool part about having you on the show, dude, is, is I, I feel, well, actually I feel weird when I call you dude, because I feel like I should call you doctor. <laughs> you know what I mean? They <laughs> Dr. Vanilla. He's like candy. It should not be something that like, is any reference. Um, what I like is I, you know, you, I've had people on the show that I am vastly in disagreement with. And I think that you and I, like, it's, it's not, we are not vastly in like disagreeing on, on, on a certain thing. Like, I don't think that I'm just going to give you a, a quick rundown of like what my beliefs are. Uh, in terms of, of what we're talking about in social media and hunting media and, and all that in general. I, I think, I feel strongly that, um, the, the famous grip and grin is, is not the problem. I, I do hate it. Like, I'll give you a great example. I have, uh, I'm on Facebook and I have this Facebook friend that set coyote traps. And, um, before I say this, everybody, my nose is running because I'm still cold from coyote hunting with my daughters. Uh, less than an hour before I hit record on on uh, here in the studio. So don't anybody take me wrong. Um, I was coyote hunting today, but what happened was is uh, they caught a they got a coyote in a foothold and um, they got up to it. They're filming the whole thing. This coyote's freaking out. You know, it's scared out of its mind and it's growling and snarling, tail between its legs, and all of a sudden you see the tip of this pistol coming to view it fires the coyote kind of goes into this spasm and there's like yips and yelps and you know cries of agony uh this goes on for a few seconds and then the coyote dies do i think that that is good to put on social media that thing had was was on when i saw it had only been on social media for like an hour uh and it had 750 some odd views fuck no because what happens when we do that? Aunt Betty, who knows nothing about hunting or wildlife management or predator control or, or coyote hunting or, or any of those things, what she sees is what is relatable to the dog laying at her feet, crying in agony, agony and spasming out on Facebook for all the world to see. So there's there's like this there's like this fine line. There's this... You know, I, I think that, that where you're coming from, Matt, it, it feels like, like there's this black and white thing where I have a lot of gray area, where I think that there is a fine line between promoting hunting to the non-general public for the sake of having their having them have our back when it comes to legislative issues and having these votes in the future of hunting and, and having the American public just have a general understanding that hunting is a good uh, conservation tool. It's a good American pastime. And as a free society, this should not be in question uh, when we're up against these hostile vegans and, and these anti-hunting uh, wokesters. That is part of my problem is I got enough people telling me what I can and can't do from the fucking left that I, I get irritated when it starts coming from within. And I'm not pointing just a finger at you, Matt. Um, so don't take that wrong, but it is like, uh, I don't, I'm but, not trying to pass any laws. No, I know you're not. I, I heard you say that. I, 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 think, I've, I've, I can't yeah, remember I like, who you're talking no, about. I've I, I said, I, I say it incessantly. People yeah. accuse me of it. Like, who are you to control what I do? Blah, blah, blah. I'm somebody with the same, 
that's what I like First about First Amendment rights as anybody else. That's what I like about what you're doing is you're not you're expressing your beliefs and making a case for it. It's not like you're trying to force it. And and, and, and so I, I don't I see that. how you could be so disturbed by what you just described, which I'm disturbed by too. Mm-hmm. But but not be disturbed by somebody that kills thirty big game animals a year and puts them like my 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 thing. I'm not concerned about. I, like to me, the anti's are a minor concern. I know that that um, maybe I'll maybe I'll be proven wrong about that. Maybe in the long run, the anti's will be the biggest threat. That's not. What, I think it, to me, yeah, it's the showboaters. We are definitely not going to see. I I see. I do okay. So how are. can you how how can you talk about that as being problematic without talking about people that the, the people that have the biggest following mm-hmm. shooting 20 or 30 big game animals a year. Well, I think what, what I was referring to is the difference between, you know, I posted a grip and grin when I, when I got my whitetail this year, cause I put in a lot of work on this whitetail. Um, so I, I think that there's a, there's a big difference between a clean, uh, tasteful grip and grin kind of photo that is is just unrealistic to expect that that's going to end at any point. Everybody posts those. It's it's just not realistic to expect that to come to an end. And versus, um, and with that that type of picture, I don't think that that is like a major turnoff to the general public. The people, and I'm not talking about the anti hunters. I'm talking about the people that don't hunt, that aren't necessarily for hunting or against hunting. And uh, versus that. Uh, scenario i described with the coyote with his uh, foot in a trap hold so though i want i want to separate up, that what, what what in a single year put up pictures of themselves with four to six elk two moose um a bear five deer uh the, as long as they're doing it legally and it's tasteful pictures i personally don't have a problem with that because i know if you play the if you play the system correctly i'm not i i'm not a good enough hunter man i i don't i can't do that i don't i also uh, you know you know between my day job you you don't see a problem with that from like i guess okay to me that's a major problem we should be if there was i think that if they're doing it legally though why is that a problem because laws and morality don't track. I could set my ground blind up 50 yards from yours. I, I, I could seduce your wife. There's lots of legal wrong things. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So um, you, you see a problem with some of these bigger brands or, or bigger names that, that get multiple Like John Dudley, like shooting two moose and five elk. In a year, you know what you know. Uh, uh, Cam Haynes shooting five, six elk in a year, and a variety of other big game. It's obvious to me. If you look at the there's a there's a article that was published as, based on a survey, um, in the journal Animal a few years ago, that something like eighty some percent of people are have a favorable view on hunting. Mm-hmm. If it's done for food and only 37%, if it's for trophy, the, these people are the, these are the people that have the ears and eyes of the next generation of hunters. Mm-hmm. And it's quite obvious to me that they're doing it just because they're like 
gluttons. It's so, it's disgusting to me. And and this coyote story, yeah, that's that's bad. But it's no it, it is no worse to me than somebody that kills. Okay, if everybody killed as many elk as these guys kill, you know how many elk we'd have in this country? Everybody that hunted elk. Yeah. We take a take a take a guess if you, or maybe you know. Well, um, we, like so, let's say if every single person that hunted elk in 2022 killed as many elk as Cam Haynes killed in 2022. I, How many elk we'd have? Well, I mean, we we would destroy our elk herds, but that's it's a hypothetical. Just, well, give me give, give me a guess. I have no idea. No, no negative idea. five. We'd have negative five million elk. Okay. So I think that that's like incredibly selfish, incredibly. I like. I there's days, and I might do this. I'm I'm warming up to the idea more and more that I'm going to. I want to alert. PETA and the other anti-hunting uh, groups to the fact that our role models in this country, our hunting role models in this country kill vast numbers of animals to keep their sponsors satisfied. Because I, I, you know, I, I'd rather it go away. I'd rather hunting go away than these people. I, like I'm way more disgusted by that kind of behavior than I am the like the anti hunters trying to take my rights away. At least they're like arguing from like a principled position. Well, it's all it's all value set based, and that's that's one thing I've I've learned by doing some of these series I've been doing with like Chris Rowe and Guy. Um, it's it's like this value set. We have different value sets, and like you and I, we are our value sets may differ, but so, not not so as do vastly you, do as you, me and an anti hunter. Do you? Yeah, you 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 know that doesn't conflict with your value system. When uh, elk elk success rates nationwide are. Ten percent, if that, and that, and that, and that, it's ten, ten to twenty percent, and then you have people that are killing six a year. So I, I guess my my take on that, obviously, I've never killed six elk in one year. <laughs> um, I, it's not a value set issue for me because I think that when when you get to a level of somebody like Cam Haynes or or, or you, you'd mentioned Joe Rogan these guys have the money to do that man these it's not like they're yeah and they're, they're using going that on, money on to lock everybody else up I, I there there is something that, that's that goes is, back to my whole hunting media thing there is something to be said for for what what you're talking about there. Yes, I, I agree with the premise that that could potentially lock other hunters out, and that's what kind of drives some of that media. Uh, but but again, I when I go back to just the general roots of my American nature, who the fuck am I to tell these guys they're shooting too many elk if they're doing it Who's, legally? Who, yeah, okay, so am I telling, am I trying to pass laws against No, you're, you're not, but you, you, are, you mean, are disparaging them and telling them that hunting in yeah. the future is is going to be toast because of their actions yeah but it, you, right in the same way you're saying that it's going to be toast because of the antis i'm more sympathetic to the antis than like a cretin like cam haynes 
I mean, <laughs> it, it just it just blows my like every time I talk to a media person, they him and haw and like maybe say something tiny bit negative about these people that are killing twenty or thirty big game animals a year. And I know you guys why you guys have to do it. You have to do it because if you said what you really thought that it was gross, you'd lose sponsors. Um, you know, so that, just, that's if you're right. If you're, if I mean, you're what are person, your sponsors? Well, who are who sponsors you? Who sponsors me? Yeah. Well, I'm linked up with uh, Eastman's Hunting Journals. I've got Hoffman Boots. We've got Phelps Game Calls. Uh, we've we've got Scree Gear. Um, and so probably a lot of these people are wrapped up with Cam and wrapped well, up with they they might with be but Aaron one, Snyder wrapped up. One with, thing uh, I'll tell you. Well, so let, you, you're let not me... in a position to say that showing our youth that the thing to strive for is to kill 20 no, big game animals what, where, where I'd a, argue with a, you, Matt, right there is, um, when you're, when you're like me, man, I, I'm no Aaron Snyder. I'm no Cam Haynes. I don't have that kind of skill set. I'm not out that's, there. That's, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait let me finish my point. We're hunting private property. That, that might be, but what the point I'm trying to make with, with, uh, with that in relation to like my sponsors is I have never, ever gotten a call, text, or email from my sponsors asking why I'm not shooting more shit. And and they're they're that's not that's not the point of my podcast. My podcast is is focused very much on your average guy out there that has concerns for the hunting uh, the future of hunting. And and you and, think and that I killing have, twenty years twenty animals a year is not. Something that should concern. I think. I, mean, I think that that's such a low uh, percentage that, of hunting. You, but you're very concerned about the antis. I am concerned about the antis okay, because so you the, think it's that the anti Twenty dead animals on the computer in a year. How doesn't many, give fodder to the to the antis? How many hunting seasons have been pulled because of people that have shot twenty or thirty animals in a year? I can't think of any versus the anti-hunting community that got behind the end of spring bear. 37% 37 of people are okay with hunting for meat and uh, our 87 are are okay with hunting for meat and only 37% of are okay with hunting for um, trophy. Trophy, yeah, yeah, trophy hunting. And, and so, the term trophy got hijacked by the anti-hunting community anyway, and it's, it's turned into this big negative connotation. But my, my point is, is like anti-hunters are, are who were involved with shutting down the spring bear hunt in Washington. It wasn't Cam Haynes. And, and so I, I, I'm yeah, cautious. But they, but, uh, I mean, the, the social media has gotten hunting shut down in places for sure. Like grizzly bear hunting in, in British Columbia was shut down precisely because of somebody shooting a grizzly bear and putting it on social media. That's true. That's a great point. That's a great point, man. It really is. Um, um, so there, I, but, I think but, that. Yeah. Go oh. ahead. I, I don't want. I don't want to belabor you this much longer. I can tell I'm not going to get you to say yes. I think that's good. Or I wish Cam had shot eight elk instead of six. I can tell him like I'm not going to get that from you but just as a placeholder i guess you think that's great you think that's great I, and if no, anybody's I, got I don't the money think, to do that i don't that, think it's great or i don't think it's great or you think I, it's nor i don't think it's, it's benign it's, it, it, you think it's benign, benign is a great way to put it it's it's benign because i think it's such a low percentage and and i i, I just i don't think that that here's what i think man uh 
Because I, I again, let me. I respect you. I, I really do think I. What I like about you is you really make me think about some of the shit that I believe and some of the shit that I don't believe. And I think that there's merit, and more people need to hear from this kind of perspective. Because there's merit behind what you're. What well, you're they saying. won't because because everybody that is talking can't say what they really think. I've but, had many. I, I have. I've had many, many conversations with hunting personalities behind the scenes. And I've had people tell me that they, that they, that they find that kind of grotesque, wanton killing disgusting, but they won't say so in public because it'll, it has, it has fiscal consequences for them. I feel like you, Jim, probably if you and I were sitting at a bar right now, you, I feel like you would say that. Uh, I think that you'd find uh, I pretty much say the same shit. The thing here's here's one thing, man. Unless they're an anti hunter, I don't like to talk shit about people if I don't personally know them. I only say things that I would say to somebody's face. I don't know Cam Haynes, man. I I've never talked to the dude. I don't know him, uh, and I'm I'm not gonna disparage what what he does. Um, I but, I don't well, and yeah, honestly but, honestly I mean, Matt it doesn't bother I, I, I me don't I don't know I don't, I don't know I didn't know Jim Jones personally I, I still don't know who that is <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know but uh, the Jonestown massacre oh yeah 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 Indiana yeah I didn't know Ted Kaczynski personally I mean God I just watched I just watched a Netflix documentary on Ted Kaczynski um, interesting anyways. What I, I guess really what I, I'm super curious about because I think that I think that you're a, a super reasonable guy that has a very unique perspective on this issue of of hunting media and um uh, and, and I think that there's a lot of merit behind what you're saying. the The question I have is when you're looking at this from a very a state of mind that uh, is pragmatic as all get out, as, as pragmatic as you can be. I think that you understand that when you have things such as whether you're talking about the NFL and what footballs they promote or hunting and what bows they promote, there's always going to be this social media aspect and this this advertising and monetization side of it. It's like it's not something that just goes away. That's why hunting's going to die. Yeah. Well, hold hold on. I agree. Hold, hold on. That's why we will become Europe. Hold, hold on, um, because that that's not my that's not my question. I I know that you believe that. I I disagree with that, but I res, I respect that. I respect. Well, that I, I need a I need a pay, I need to qualify. What I mean by that is high quality non pay hunting. It will become it'll become quality Europe. hunting will be will be will be something you pay for which goes back to when i was a kid and why i care about this is like to me it was about getting something by your wits that you could eat you know once yeah. you throw the dollar at it i'd rather buy beef and golf at that point i thought you hated golf no that's my my brother hates golf i don't i don't, I don't care about i mean i could find something else to do yeah. i metal detect i don't know like <laughs> i don't know i i, I, I don't the, the idea of like pain to hunt it's just at that point it's not getting something by my wits anymore gotcha and that's what's modeled to that's what you're these guys the eastmans do that's what cam does that's what joe does they that's what they do they all like the only time you'll ever see those guys on public land 
is going to be if they have some special draw where it's like there's three guys in the unit and you know but other than that it's just they they pay to hunt and then they make a big deal of what they shot on their show and blah 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 and it's great all right such a badass and that's just like to me it's disgusting and so with the premise that i kind of laid out there of you know the the advertising the the tv side of it the video side of it uh uh, you know, the, the hunters out there, whether they've got 10 followers or 10,000 followers posting grip and grins, all that kind of stuff. We, from a very pragmatic standpoint, we know that's not going away, right? What, right. what, what can we do in your mind outside of getting rid of that stuff? Because we, we know that's not an option, but for you and I, we have the same mission of protecting public land and accessible land and hunting in in the future we have the same mission is there any other way that you have in your mind where where you could think of a different avenue to protect what we have what we know we've lost a lot i agree with you we've lost a lot but going forward is there any other way or is it just this whole idea of getting rid of like this this hunting media stuff um the people okay so that's a really good question uh and i appreciate it so yeah there's there i guess there are other ways i i don't think they'll happen but one way would be that the hunting nonprofits and the hunting celebrities um start to act in the interest of hunters which they don't uh so that would be one thing i like i like that i'd love to dive deeper on that topic but let keep going well one thing would be like where are you guys why you know Aren't you guys coming out at well, Montana's the Montana is the home of hunting celebrities. You got shit piles of them. Um, some of them like really kind of put forth this public land kind of advocacy persona. But where are they on land trust? So land trust, you know, you're gobbling up land all over the the state, and it's largely a consequence of what they do, the hunting celebrities do, which is advertised for them. But they, they'll, they'll never say a negative word about them. The hunting nonprofits will never say a negative word about right. them. They'll never say they'll never say don't hunt with land, land trust because they're in direct competition with government programs like block management that allow everybody to hunt. You know, where's Randy Newberg? Like Randy Newberg's like his whole thing is his his slogan is promoting public land hunting and making advocates for that cause. And what these land trust lands, there's tons of public land locked up in there. Uh, in those, these land I, trust lands. Man, I feel so, I feel so ignorant on that subject because I, I I tend to agree with what you're saying with that. I I, unfortunately, I don't know a lot about that land trust thing. Is that something that, like, yeah, you know, after we're done recording and all that, uh, not tonight because it's your birthday, but let's stay in touch. You can kind of help educate me on that particular. Subject. Yeah, and that, I mean that's just an example. Like, then there's, but the whole the whole in hunting industry has a, a long track record of. This is another example that's probably way more pervasive than this burgeoning company that's operating in the you know in my state but in others that but like the hunting industry they 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 just have no fiduciary responsibility to their clients they take the money we give them and use it 
to gobble up access for themselves. That's what Cabela's has done over the years mm-hmm. with their pro- their properties, uh, Mossy Oak, uh, Realtree, most recently Onyx. Onyx is like in, insanely hypocritical. Like they they for, they first of all, he, the owner of Onyx did this project landlocked where he quantified the number of acres of landlocked in the western u.s and then he flew in with a helicopter made all these videos with joel webster from trcp and other people like boo hoo hoo look at this all this land we can't access and then last year he bought uh cottonwood outfitters here in eastern montana now he's outfitting ranches and he's outfitting over well in excess of 15,000 acres that nobody else can go on. So like, that'd be another thing that uh, could happen that isn't doing away with hunting media. It's just getting people to you guys to take tough stances. You know, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, just like you won't take a tough stance on people killing 30 big game animals a year. Well, I won't, I won't take it, a tough stance on that because if to me, I, that doesn't, that doesn't raise an eyebrow as long as it's done legally. And, and that's, that's just I can't even believe you and I you get behind that. No, you and but. I just have different value set on that, man. It's not, it's not like a, it's not like, man, I'll tell you, because I'll put it to you this way. If I didn't have a day job and have to worry about my kids and bills and all this other shit, I'm in the middle of building the house. Uh, and I could, I could get 30 tags for big game animals throughout the United States. You bet your ass I would do that. Because that, that I'm a hunter, man, and, it, and I'm a serious hunter. What, That's what I about, do. Oh, it's just like, but to say that you're concerned about the antis, mm-hmm. and am. then that you would put 30 big game animals on the computer. Just, oh, I didn't so, say anything about putting them on the computer, man. I, I you put okay the last like the last three big game animals you killed. I imagine they all showed, showed up on the computer. The last, last five. Hold on, hold on last. Unless they were like a doe uh, or something, only... or a little buck that you thought wouldn't, you know, people get mad that you shot the little buck. Well, yeah, so there, there has been that. Uh, last year, I killed a mule deer that I didn't put on social media because people are fucking twats about it. Um, everybody thinks that if you have a hunting podcast, you got to be like some kind of trophy hunter. And I'm just not a trophy hunter, man. I'm a meat hunter, 100%. Um, and I, I could, I could hear your argument with that coming where it's like, well, if you're just a meat hunter, what are you going to shoot 30 big game animals for? I, okay. Fair point. Fair point. Cause I, mean, I heard you talking to, there's some, just I don't know so many levels. To. There's so many levels. First of all, here's the people that get the most clicks. So this is mm-hmm. what everybody wants to be. That that's not troubling to you that, that these are the people that everybody wishes they our young people wish they were. See, I guess I that's just that's not trouble. You, you, it, you it, don't it see be, this is a liability if, with anti hunters. It, it absolutely would be if I felt that everybody was striving to be that. See, when I see somebody knocking down that many big game animals, I know that they're a very rare uh, person. They're a very rare circumstance, and it's not realistic for everybody to think that they can go knock down thirty animals. Some somebody set up their life to be able to pursue animals in that capacity. And they probably do more good for the hunting space in the community than they do negatively. Because that stuff, it's not like you have anti-hunters going out there talking about. I, I, I don't see. How, I, we're just like, we're, you, you and I are on 
are are on different planets with that. How in the world is that not reduced constricting opportunity for other people? When one person kills that many animals, I, I, I challenge you to find one thing meaningful. Okay, what's the biggest problem in my mind is crowding inability to draw tags and access. Those are the three. So maybe that's the... Okay, let's... Let, yeah, I like that. Crowding... Hold on, I'm writing that down. Crowding inability to draw tags. Who is who is not able to draw tags? I mean, with the exception well, of specific uh, units. Uh, well, know. oh my God. Like, te- uh, mon- okay, anybody, any non-resident trying to hunt in Montana anymore. I mean, it used to be that you'd come out here every year or two. Now mm-hmm. it's like every five or six. I know people, lots of people that own cabins here that they bought for hunting and they live in other states and they'll like go two, three years without even being able to like, no sense in going to the cabin this year. God, I know that part I mean, does suck, man. That my, my um, family owns private land uh, that is generationally, you know, a, an alfalfa ranch in central Utah with some excellent mule deer hunting. You think we can get a tag as, as you know, um, to hunt that? My dad can't get a tag to hunt his own ranch. Well, so I guess the answer to the que- your question is you. What what do you mean to answer my you question? You said who can't get a tag? And it sounds like you can't get a tag. I can't get a tag for that, but I can also, um, you know, where I live, one of, one of the things that troubles me is I hear a lot of complaining about people that can't find a good quality place to hunt. And these happen, and I'm not saying this is you, but they happen to be some of the same people that refuse to go do any scouting or pre-season work. Or like I hunt some very crowded units and I'm always getting away from people. And I am not Aaron Snyder in, in a sense from like, I can't, I'm not, I'm not going 10 miles deep, man. Well, like, Aaron I, Snyder, when he goes 10 miles deep or whatever, it's because he's hunting on a special draw tag. Aaron, Aaron Snyder doesn't, isn't hunting over the counter tags. Well, he he does. Um, I'm not saying he does every that, time, but I, I mean, I don't blame him. Very, I, but but you, what I'm okay. saying, what I'm saying, You're, Matt, I mean, is he's killing 30 big game animals a year. So on a, over the counter tags, over the counter tags, he's killing something every two or three days. On over on over the counter. On tags. over the counter. No, I'm not saying every tag is an over over the counter tag. I'm saying the dude actually does hunt the vast majority, the, the, the vast minority of them, and with Cam Haynes, it's none. What I'm what I'm telling you is I only hunt or it's an over the counter tag or like it's in a unit where an over the counter tag doesn't do you any good unless you have paid fifteen thousand yeah. dollars for access or yeah, somebody invited you I, I on because you're good advertising. I hate that too. I uh, totally. Uh, but but I'm I'm talking personally for me. Um, I the last five years I've only hunted in an over the counter unit. And uh, as as a resident of the state of Idaho, I haven't left Idaho to hunt in five, well, yeah, about five years. Uh, anyway, point being, I hunt in some major uh, well-known units that um, are very crowded, but I can still get away from people. So I think that the premise that you can't get quality hunting uh, and get away from people is kind of bullshit. Like, I do it every year, man, in very crowded elk units and very I'm, crowded I'm not, deer I'm units. I'm not saying... I'm not saying I never said that that's I never said that that's that's not my premise. 
What were the three? What were the three things That's, that you said earlier? Um, crowding is a is crowding. I think the biggest problem. The three biggest problems in this country okay. for the for the hunting community are crowding, inability to draw tags, and uh, I guess you could lump this with crowding: lack of access. Can you expand on the lack of access one for a sec? Because leasing leasing has gone okay. You're, you're talking about the leasing thing, yeah the roof in yeah. this country and that's a consequence of campaigns and everybody else that shows all the big stuff they kill and makes tv and all that advertising and then everybody you know there's even people in great britain that want to be like cam haynes and joe rogan i had a guy on my podcast a while back that said there's guys over there that do the whole like working out and shooting a ball all the time trying to be like those guys even though they don't even have any place to hunt they don't hunt at all. Yeah, you can't. It's you like can't not even archery hunt. It's not even an option. So, like, uh, yeah, it's those are the those are the three big ones to me. Yeah, I got a buddy over there um, that is. He's actually been on the show in Great Britain. You can't even archery hunt. That's all this guy wants to do. In fact, he's building points to come to Montana to hunt elk at some point. Uh, but anyway, I don't disagree with that. The uh, the lack of access uh, to a, to a point. Um, I do think that there is, uh, there's still plenty of opportunity out there if you're willing to work for it. Uh, you know, well, nobody hunts more than I do that I know. I mean, I, I, I hunt 60, 60 days a year. And, uh, so I'm like, uh, you know, I'm just like, I'm not doing this. People always come at with me. You just don't want to work hard enough or you're lazy or, oh, I'm or not you just want it all for yourself. I'm, like I'm spending 20 hours, 30 hours yeah. a week on, on, on this hunt quietly stuff and my other group that's more important group which is montana hunters for access and um like i'm doing more than than it which is which is laughable to me is true but like i'm doing way 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 more to give back than a cam haynes or a john dudley or any of these guys which all they do is take like um and but people are still coming at me with this whole like you're just trying to keep it to yourself which is just like so well, I mean, annoying to me. Any, any hunter that claims that they're not trying to keep a specific spot or something to their cells when it comes to hunting, hunting is a very selfish endeavor. Would we agree? We're all, uh, we all yeah, try to keep I, it to well, ourselves. Yeah, I, I'd say that I'm probably in. I mean, in my mind, the people that are doing the damage should try to mitigate their damage. I do zero damage, mm-hmm. and all I try to do is mitigate the impacts of of people that are in the public sphere and hunting. So like if there's a selfless hunter out there, I'd say it's me, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of selfishness in hunting Um, people, even, even people that even people that uh, are, have a a public persona centered around hunting will still like ridicule other people for spot pirating or spot burning or stuff. But I think of them as spot pirating and spot burning the whole world. Like when you go film a hunting show and you say the national forest, in a lot of cases you say the species you're hunting for, like sika deer on the East coast where they only are in a small area. Um, you know, it's like hunting media, hunting TV, hunting social media, they spot burn. They spot burn everybody. They spot pirate. It spot pirates everybody. Mm-hmm. That's like like my movement. Like this thing I'm doing, the hunt quietly is just you know, 
is there just go hunting just leave the camera leave the camera at home why you gotta why like why do you gotta be why do you gotta seek attention from yourself from hunting why do you gotta why do you gotta make money from hunting it's just like a thing that you do privately it's a quiet thing it's sacred it's like the taking of another life it's something that's supposed to be done with some reverence not to trot it out and sell products so i is is do you have that same philosophy when it comes to like golf or football or no i don't have that i have that same philosophy when it comes to surfing and mountaineering anything where uh there's a limited supply of it should be reserved for people that do it for the love of it. Um, if you want to, if you want to showboat at soccer or golf, go for it because they can always build another soccer, uh, soccer field. They can always build another golf course, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you're not going to be hunting and mountaineering, uh, and surfing, things like that. It's like, just, just either do it, be, do it because the love of it is enough. Okay. If, if 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 you don't love it enough to just do it, but you, it, without the externalities, it's not enough for you. Like you need, it, it, it's not enough to just do it. I got to have people clicking on me and liking me, and buying the the gear that I say to buy, and but I mean, hero a, worshiping me. Like in a in a free society, the advertising side of it is that ever going to go away? None we, of we've kinda, that's why yeah. hunting's gonna publicly accessible hunting's gonna die. So because with with yeah. with all like the some of the names that you're mentioning and uh some of the media companies that are that are out there, uh do they do any good for hunting in your mind? Or is it is it, it does the negative impact that in your opinion they create so far outweigh the good, whether it's conservation dollars or just public awareness or, or, uh, you know, humanizing this thing of hunting so that the general public understands what it is. So they support it versus getting propagated by the anti-hunting movement, uh, to, to hate us and start passing legislative actions that, that, uh, you know, take out hunting season after hunting season. Um, is there, when, when you put it into that kind of perspective, is is there any good that comes out of uh, hunting media or some of these personalities that you're talking about? It like if there had been if it had been more calibrated, if there had been if if hunting media had been calibrated. What do you mean by calibrated? Had been designed or orchestrated in a way that had the well-being of the hunting community in mind and when, when i say the hunting community i'm talking about people that do it for hide horns meat and personal fulfillment not people that do it for the gram yeah so yeah it had hunting media been orchestrated um in a with the with those people in mind had been developed with those people in mind it could have been beneficial like it should have been that um uh, we okay, so it would have been right now. My the hunting media that would have been beneficial to the grassroots hunting community that does it for the things, the four values that I just laid out. It would have been articles purely about chronic wasting disease, um, or pine beetle outbreaks, or uh, ticks 
in moose populations Mm -hmm. or climate change and the effect on wildlife. Um, uh, If there was anti-hunting legislation somewhere, which if there wasn't hunting media, I don't think, I don't think the anti-hunting movement would be anywhere near where it is. If it had been calibrated and like orchestrated the way I think it should have been orchestrated, the, the hunting movement would be the anti-hunting movement would be way. I mean, I think the hunting media has, has created the anti-hunting movement largely. But um, so that's that, an interesting that, that's that's an interesting then, topic. That that one I I could definitely explore. That'll be for a different episode, but. That, that, so I do, I do, I could, no, I think it's like, it's, it's negative, it's vastly negative. Uh, like the, any good is so far outweighed by the bad in, 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 in my view that it's, it, it can't even, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how you, I don't even know how you rescue hunting media at this point, but for so, a hunter like me, like in my life, I've, you know, I started out hunting, I learned, picked up, people are going to be like, people will go like, oh, you just learned everything from your dad, so you didn't need it. I like went hunting, sat in a tree stand a few times with my dad. He kind of gave me some pointers on how to shoot a bow. I joined an archery club, kind of picked it up, like put, kicked it, you know, pieced it together, moved to Montana. I bought like one book, um, Don Lobau, one of his books about calling out, uh, bought the regs. And that's the extent of my t- formal training in hunting. You know, it's like this barrier to entry. I'm a adults onset hunter. So like the barrier to entry is so high. And that's why I need all these like hunting experts to show me the way. And then I look at the hunting experts and they're people that were just like me, except I actually went and got like a real job. And they didn't, um, like, but other than that, we're the same. So, yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't see hunting media as, as helpful to people like me or people that. Even from like an inner entertainment value, like, like I love, I, I, I love, I don't think killing media, people, I don't think killing animals for other people's entertainment is a legitimate reason to kill stuff. Well, what about when you, when you say that? you know killing animals um like i can't i can't help but think of you know there's so much shit that comes out of hollywood where it's like they're killing people for other people's entertainment you know obviously it's not real right where the difference is 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 this is real but like i is is there a relation to that because i i look at i'd say that when people in the people okay the people that are killing animals for other people's entertainment started out either a started out members of the hunting community or b uh never were a member of the hunting community and they just saw hunting as an instrument a way to draw attention to themselves well that could in either be. case that, that could it, be but but the dudes that i know personally case, are not the, like that I, i'm almost done with this point but okay go ahead in either in either case when i say what i'm saying is it's not beneficial to the community you left or the community you were never a member of. Maybe you don't, maybe that's not what we should be optimizing for. Maybe the existing hunting community isn't what we should be optimizing for. Maybe hunting entertainment 
people more derive more satisfaction and enjoyment and fulfillment from hunting entertainment than the hunting them itself. Mm-hmm. You know, and then fine. I'm then I'm sunk at that point. Like, let's just sit around and watch other people kill shit. Great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, I'm fascinated with your perspective on this. I, I really am, man. I, I just, you know, the, the problem with that premise is that there is a market for it. And, and this is a capitalistic society where, where a market is going to drive that, uh, you know, like my, my buddy, my buddy Dirk, uh, just put out a, a, a video for Phelps game calls that, uh, on this elk hunt he went on. I love watch it, man. I'd much rather watch that than sit around watching the bachelor. You know, I, it's, it's, yeah, great there's stuff. lots of things that I would enjoy that like, I just know aren't good for me. Like Coke, you know, I love watching honey TV just as much as everybody else. What if you put Coke but, and whiskey, man? What if you put whiskey and Coke? Is it, <laughs> Cause I, I'm curious. I, I, that's kind of what I'm doing tonight, man. And it's like one of my, uh, it's one of my deep, dark secrets is uh, <laughs> I, I always fess up to how much whiskey I drink. You know what it happens, but, never, but I never fess up to the coke part. <laughs> I can't been, tell if you're serious. No, I'm dead serious, man. I am dead serious. I opened. Oh a, no, I'm talking about like, cocaine. Oh, cocaine. You're talking about. Coke. I'm talking about Coca-Cola Classic. Okay. Man, the, the red can, the red can, not not cocaine. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. No, I can, uh, in full discretion, honestly say I've never tried cocaine. But I do put a splash of Coke in my whiskey, man, because it right. makes it a little easier to go down. All right? Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, I, I try not to do that, but um, I, I understand the appeal. Um, so I, there's lots of things in my mind that are bad for us mm-hmm. that we are enjoyable. So I, I, I like hunting yeah. media. I like hunting. I like watching hunting TV as much or more than anybody else. But I just will not allow myself to do it because. I, th- I think it's the leading destroyer of hunting in the U.S. I think it's the leading destroyer of publicly accessible non-payout. So I, I don't understand how anybody could, that's honestly looking at it can argue otherwise. It obviously, like, do you think that these ranches out here would have a, a lower asking price for access? If hunting TV never came along, probably. Like, yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong with that, man. I I, I can't argue that. I I think you're, you're you're right on the money when it comes to the price of accessing private land. Uh, absolutely, uh, I think the and same for somebody would hold that, through. The, 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 and for somebody that the maximum he'll pay is zero. Yeah, I I don't. I just feel like most, there should be dude, something. Dude, I don't pay to go hunting. I I just don't. I I. I uh, think there should be some. Like all you guys are for. The people that, like, I look at all of the hunting media stuff. Is All of that is for people that, like, they everybody's together on it. They all want to have a public persona who shot the biggest one and want to show everybody and, and enjoy, like, the, the clubby at, vibe of it and, and looking at what everybody in the whole world killed on the computer. I just feel like there should be some something out there for people that hunt for like a deeper reason. So as as and like I, like I do, yeah, you know? I, and I I believe that you do, Matt. I do believe that you you do personally hunt for a deeper reason. The question I have is, you're you're passionate about hunting. You you 
clearly you're passionate enough to start this um, this platform where it kind of goes against the grain, you know. Um, with with that passion, are you not ever slightly curious about seeing other people's success or failures and how it went down or like like just because I think of it like if you were a bottle cap collector or a baseball card collector, would you not be in social media? Uh, circles where they're showing, hey, look, I got this uh, Babe Ruth baseball card or whatever. Uh, You know, it's it's kind of that thing. Are you never interested in seeing the caliber of bucks coming out of central Wyoming or or the, you know, maybe are are you taking a leak on my podcast, man? Holy shit, you can hear that? Totally, and I love it, man. I I appreciate you doing that. That's like authentic (laughs) shit right there. Wow. That's badass. I, uh, it's your birthday, man. You could do whatever you want. Um, but, but I, I'm just curious, does that, is that ever a thing for you? Like where, where you, do I will you not get any, I don't care, listen, man, audience. dude, flush it, man. Let that fucking bacteria sit in that toilet. What if that creeps out and gets all over the floor and then you walk barefoot and then you put your toe in your mouth after like, come on, you got to clean that shit up. <laughs> But are you never curious, and and do do you get no enjoyment out of seeing what other people have achieved on the mountain through social media? I I'm I am just as curious as everybody else, and I have a big ego, and I want to display what I shoot to the masses just as much as everybody else. So I it's your it's see- a principal thing. It, like you, it's, you were principled well, it's not even, It's just like trying to do. I don't do it because I see where it leads. It's, it, mm-hmm. it leads to less hunting opportunity. The and, you and know, I, I like know we're. I, if I'm driving down the road, my my I used to haul my llamas in a van, you know, and I uh, could I would go to great lengths to. Like I could have had my bull rack out on the back bumper on the rack where I keep my coolers, but I would try to freaking wiggle it into the front seat because like, I'm just trying, I'm not trying to advertise. I'm not trying to be like, I'm a bad, like, I'd love to do that. But I think that any, but time anybody try, I think every single effort to be like, Hey, look at me world. Look at what a great, successful hunter i am i think of every act like that as having a negative impact on the thing that's hardest to get if you want to be a hunter which is access to game and quality hunting ground so on that note would you would you come back on my podcast to talk about how llamas having llamas applies to your hunting season and how you use them in the hunting space or not the hunting space, but uh, on a hunt? Uh, probably not because like, okay. So you're not, you're not a hypocrite. You're not a hypocrite. Then then I'm doing how to. Yeah, you are. And, and and it, that would be like, dude, that would be a badass episode. People would get a lot. I will, I would, I would, I would have a private conversation with you or anybody else about that. But I'm not. Yeah, that, you I wouldn't do it on the podcast. I wouldn't. I I'm not in the how-to business. Like the biggest problem in the in the world today, within the hunting sphere. Another way of putting it, like I gave you the three categories. Mm-hmm. Another way of putting it is, um, 
the the demand for hunting for quality hunting non-pay hunting far outstrips the supply and if you're doing how to then i i just think of that as having a negative influence up impact on people that are already in the hunting game whether they've been in it for five minutes or or five years or 15 or 30 years if you're doing how to it's like you're you're playing a role in bringing more people into an already saturated pastime. And, you, and anybody that does hard, high, how to, like all of them, mm-hmm. everybody, every every celebrity does how to. And they're doing it to be like, I'm the pro. Here's how you do it. Look at me. I'm the big man. Here's how you do it. The uh, right I don't know, way. man. I, I think that there's, there's a to make money. for that. There's a lot of people that don't know how to hunt elk or hunt hunt this i I do a lot of how-to stuff well it's not me doing it i what i do on my show is i bring somebody who knows what they're talking about you know but but there's anytime somebody does it i'd argue they're 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 feeling like they're they're getting their ego stroke look at me showing the unwashed that's gonna be the same like when you were getting your phd you think your professors didn't get their ego stroke by by standing up, up in front of a classroom and and uh, you know, uh, flaunting what they know. I mean, that's that's just a human nature thing. And so I right. don't think it should yeah. be demonized well, I'm, just because they're I'm, hunters. I'm 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 purposefully not willing to be that person. Like so, I'm purposely not willing to stole my llama wisdom on people, so I can show how what a like how I'm the great. I mean, could you, could you imagine how far I could take it? I could be like yeah. a llama influencer if I wanted to be one, and there are those. Yeah, yeah, you there know? probably are. <laughs> no, there are. I yeah, know, yeah. I know a couple of them. Well, you I'm, know, I'm you, way you, interested. You be... I'm way interested in that topic, man. I'd, I'd love to pick your brain on it off air at some point, but um, I know we're running long, and I don't want to like keep you on your birthday. But I, I do have a question, and I think you, for the most part, I think you've answered it for my own satisfaction. But I, because. I, 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 I do, man. I think you're a. I think you're an honest and um, you legitimately believe this stuff. And 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 I think that you're a principled guy and you're you're willing to fight for that. And like I told you, I I respect that. I like if you've listened to my show, you know I despise the liberal left and the woke culture, and and the things that derive out of that and the the decay it creates for our country. I I hate it with a passion. But the one no, thing, I, yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm I'm I mean, there's things on the far right and the far left that bug me for sure. But yeah, for sure, for sure, but the far, far right left as well. folk, yep. folks, but, the far left yeah. stuff with the I got you, I caught you in a mm, woke trap. You know, that's what they're far, trying to do. And I've been and and they've they've done that with me on this, even with my. They found people have found ways to turn what I'm saying into some kind of like uh, um, that 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 I'm that I'm that I'm you're like a wokester. Well, that I'm like, yeah, that I, that I, I, I'm, I'm not concerned with disaffected groups, which it just like blows me away. Like uh, that how you could con, con, like contort what I'm saying mm-hmm. into, into that, especially when I think about the fact that like what I look at, when I look at, so the way they do it, and I don't know if you picked up on this, but uh, the way, People on the far left try to, to, you know, and people on the far left. This is what they do these days. They 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 try to construe everything through this 
racial or um, LGBTQ lens. And so they, the way they did it with me and still do is that um, hunting is a white guy thing and it needs to be more diversified. And that's why we need more hunting how-to and promotion and more recruitment retention reactivation recruitment not retention uh, if you're, see, if you're just... two if you're recruiting if you're retaining and reactivating that's the white guy so it's the recruitment bit part that we need more of because these disaffected groups like have, have been excluded and yeah, to me that, i'm like that kind of I, shit to me, won't like, fly you look me, at man. the they won't Here's fly. the thing like, I always fuck say. that. Like I will stand, I will stand with you on that kind of argument. I I hate that argument. It's weak. It's shallow. There's no merit to it. And I'm so sick and tired of the race or sexualization or all of these premises that they come out with these heavy emotions and they're so assumptive about everybody agreeing with them. It's fucking bullshit. And I, I, I won't tolerate it. And I don't think you should either. That's you because you well, do you yeah, make go, valid I'll points. I'll go further man. and say like they're, they're, they're railing against me, even though if they looked at what I'm saying, they'd realize that I'm on. Okay. I'm good. I'm not on their side, but if you, if you're concerned about disaffected groups, I'm your ally. What hunting promotion does is it increases the cost of hunting. And if you look at the wage gap, then who's that going to in the who who's going to be most neg- negatively impacted in terms of opportunity if the cost of hunting goes up? It's going to be disaffected hey, your, groups. Your average your average folks. I mean, yeah. most of us can't afford 30 grand to go hunt a ranch, you know, and I'm not I'm not arguing that. Yeah. And so, so with with all that again, I I I I'm like stressed. I'm keeping you on your birthday, dude. So I'm, I'm trying no, to no, rush this along. I'm in, but. I'm, in, I'm in no no hurry at all. So don't worry um, about that. If if we lived closer, man, I'd have come and done this in person. I, I would have brought my little mobile podcast kit and uh, celebrated with you. But um, the a, a, again, as I ask this question, I believe I think you've you've already answered it for me personally. But I think that there's going to be people out there that think that maybe there is some hyperbole to what you're what you're pushing here. And, and I, I, where that comes from is like from this, okay, if I come at it from this very extreme place and, and put like, make these very extreme points and say that anybody that posts a picture of a grip and grin is ruining the future of hunting, maybe I can get like a 10% movement from the other side because I came at it from such an extreme place. Does that make sense how I'm asking that or how I'm saying that? Do you, is everything you said, is it, is it further and more extreme the way you truly b- believe just to get the pendulum to shift a little bit on the other end? Or do you firmly, or do you truly believe uh, in, in what you're talking about to that level? Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah. It's a, it's a good question. Um, yeah. Like hunters like to, uh, we, I mean, like if you're a hunter, a duck hunter, you know, like you got to lead, you got to lead, you, you gotta know, lead the duck. Yeah. So you, so maybe you go a little extreme cause you see, see that things could get worse in the future, but no, I think the threat is now, and I'm not being hyperbolic in my mind. I, I've never in my 40 years as a hunter, um, 52 as of tonight, 
I have never had a period in my life where I've watched non-pay, high-quality, publicly accessible hunting get better. Never. Not one period. So, like, I've only seen a negative decline. And so why in the world, if, if, if that's where I'm at, if that's what I've witnessed, why in the what what could be what could be I mean what would be a bigger reason than that to start sound the alarm bells? I've never seen it get better. I've seen places I've never seen I've really I've hardly ever seen places that I couldn't hunt and now I can. Mm-hmm. What I see is places that I used to be able to hunt and now I can't. I've definitely never seen a place like Oh, this used to be insanely crowded, and now it's not anymore. I only see it get more crowded. I've never put in for a tag in a region or a state or a, a, a unit where it's like, oh, it used to be hard to draw that tag. Now it's easy. So I don't think, no, no, I'm not going extreme just to, move to move the needle so like arguing disingenuously to move the needle or something like that no mm-hmm. these are really my legitimate thoughts on it. and I, I hope you're not offended by that question man. no I i'm not at all okay I'm, it's a it, great I don't, question i don't mean to be offensive with with any of these but i know like, I, I legitimately question. i'm cu- i'm just curious about this stuff i i like I like that there's people out there that are thinking of this stuff on a more intellectual level and and on a level that are. But there's not. There's only me. Well, there's not. You've got it's a group me. though. You've got a. It's you've got me. a group going. I, I'm not it's talking me. about. I'm not talking about just what you're talking about. Like there are hunters out there that are recognizing the issues with the future of hunting. You're not the only one. You've just got a different perspective on what the problem is. And I well, think that no, it's, I think, it's we, I those think of lots us. of people share my perspective, but they all make money off hunting, so they can't say it. Well, that could be, man. I I don't know. I I, I don't share your perspective, but I don't make Do money. You know, off of okay. Hunting. So, <laughs> so when I say it's only me, okay. The, maybe there are other people like me. I don't know that don't make a. You know how much money I made off of hunting in the last eighteen months since I started this? I have no idea. Negative twenty five hundred bucks. So yeah. I'm, I'm um, ne- dude, I'm, I, I promise you that, uh, I am in the hole when it comes to producing okay. this podcast. So, okay. I, I mean, yeah, you you're know. still, you'd be more in the hole if you didn't, weren't getting some money from your sponsors, which absolutely, which, which I don't like, get, I, I actually, at, at this point, my, I, I don't know that any of my sponsors have ever written me an actual check. I just get gear and stuff like that. Whatever. I don't care, man. That's not, that's not the, that's not why I started the show. I make well, really good. good money in my day job. I, I'm not worried about making money on this. Uh, good. But, well, that's 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 awesome. But I, well, but then yeah, but that kind of erodes my whole thing. I'm, you know? I, I didn't mean to erode. Like, so you, that, let's what, say I did you make say money. That, Let, let's say, say I did that make to, money. What's that? I, for for the sake of uh, of the point that you were trying to make, let's say I did make money at the podcast. Well, yeah, but that you didn't. That like definitely makes me rethink things a little bit because in my mind I've always I'm operating under the premise that well 
that people say one thing, that people that have a voice in hunting say one thing on air, mm-hmm. and they say another thing off air because, and that's all. Okay, like because they they can they can't speak freely because they risk losing uh, support from their sponsors. I think that that happens. I I do think that that happens, man. I guarantee you that is not an issue with me, but I I do agree with you. I think that that happens. People are, they walk on eggshells for the sake of their sponsors. Totally agree. Um, So, yeah, why is it, is it not worth a single Instagram or Facebook post or is it just so trivial it doesn't matter to a, a BHA? Or a Randy Newberger, Steve Ranella, that um, Onyx is leasing up land. It's not just. It's just not. It's just not big enough story. Is, is it something big, that they or, know about? Like I it, didn't even know that, man. I I, yeah. I didn't know that. They do. They do. You know, okay. and like, is it just like you don't know it because they won't? They don't say it. You know. So that's like what. So. Is it just not, it's not even newsworthy that uh, this private group is out competing block management in the state of mind. It's not worth it. Or is it, or is it that people that hunt land trust land buy Sika and first light and Onyx and go hunt and Yeti and Yeti and all those companies donate to the nonprofits and their sponsors of the hunters or the celebrity hunters. So you can't come out against them, and I think it's the latter. It, it, I, don't, I don't see. I, I don't know enough. I don't know enough to to be able to like agree or disagree with that man. Uh, the one thing I would challenge that uh, that argument on, from like my perspective, if you uh, let's say you bought a Powerball and won you know a hundred million dollars, and and there was a ranch within ten miles of where you live now. That was for sale for fifty million bucks. That you could buy, so you just you could hunt on it, and you can have your own personal uh, takeaway from that ranch, and only you would benefit. You would manage the land for wildlife. Would you do it? Would you buy that ranch and hunt it, hunt it yourself? No, I wouldn't. I definitely would not. I have seven acres. I own seven acres. I used to own ten, but I gave three of them away to my neighbor, who's mm-hmm. a good friend of mine. But. um and they, in my seven acres, I have trespassing allowed signs on them. There's a few pheasants out there, you know, that people have shot. Um, and if I had 700,000 acres. Where does that come from, Matt? Because I, I have 26 acres, and the only people I allow hunt, to hunt on it are people that want to bring youth hunters on it. Uh, and I, I allow that. Because I, I think, you know, it's whether you want more hunters or not, having youth hunters involved is, I, I think, an important thing for the future of hunting. Uh, we have to have advocates. And yeah, so, I, I disagree with that. but we, I, I kind of figured we would, um, but that, because, that's a, that's like, a whole other why, podcast why instill it? I think, okay, just briefly, just so people won't take me wrong. I think there is why would you instill an itch in people that they're not going to get to scratch? Like, I'd rather my kids were into reading and yoga and soccer and and like football or whatever stuff that 
is guaranteed to be there for them and yeah. hunting is not hunting so. is not man but that's why i'm doing this this is why i do a podcast that cost me a shitload of money to produce <laughs> uh because i want that future to be here i'm not going to give up i'm not going to give up just because there's there's these big challenges ahead of us uh but anyway the the point is is i i'll allow some youth hunters on that, that come with their parents or whatever on, on on my place but i don't just let anybody come and hunt on my property because i worked my ass off to get to a point in my life where I could buy this land and I can manage it how I want and I can I can make it like a, a whitetail habitat if I want. You know what's funny? I try to make it whitetail ha- habitat and you know what ends up on my property the most? Bears and elk. That's it. And well, so <laughs> just a side note. Not a bad, it's not a bad deal. That's how bad of a habitat manager I am. <laughs> but anyway, the, the point is, is um, I, I think that it, it is hard for me to judge you know, success from a sense of somebody was able to achieve something. And so they bought private land because we still have the, the, the actual public land available out there to hunters. And yes, it is crowded. It's getting more and more crowded. Uh, and, and it sucks that some of the agricultural interface that we used to hunt for pheasants and duck and a lot of people hunting it for big game, uh, actually, that's a that's a good point, man. Um, you talked about the big game. I got a buddy that kills huge whitetail on this uh, ranch that this old old farmer still lets him hunt on because uh, he's been doing it since he was a kid. He hasn't sold out to to whatever you're talking about and and leasing it to to outfitters and whatnot. But anyway, that's that's a rare case. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is it's it's hard for me to get after folks or companies that pursue this American dream that we all have. And, and that's why I'm asking you, um, I, why I asked you what I did is like, are you're not like, you don't have like a socialist mentality, right? You're, you're, you're not, you're not in that camp. Um, no, I, I don't know. I, I do wonder like, if, let's, uh, you know, who, uh, Henry George was like, you know what Georgism is? Mm-hmm. Vaguely. Okay. Not, not, okay. So I yeah, his idea was on it. so that. You know, in the same way that, you know, breathing oxygen is our birthright, that like, um, land is our, as part of our birthright. And that if you want to, if, if somebody wants to, um, exercise extra, be extra, ownership rights over property that they should pay like a tax for that but that land should be kind of like in the commonwealth you know like those no i i wonder if society would be happier like to me what we're trying to optimize with in society is overall human well-being and happiness so i'm not opposed to the idea that private property rights have been um like the the structure, the way we've structured property rights in this country, it, 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 I'm not opposed to the notion that that is not that that's suboptimal. Um, the Native Americans certainly didn't share that were that you know managed this land and lived on this land for many many millennia before us. They certainly didn't share our our perspective on, on property. Yeah. yeah. So like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I, 
not a so I don't know. I'm not a socialist. I'm not whatever. You know, like I'm not trying to take anybody's land away from any them. I'm not trying to pass any laws. But in, at the grant on the grand scale, like so much of what I'm trying to do is get people, hunters to look out for other hunters. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. I don't think that's going to work because I think people like are too preoccupied with their own success as a hunter, so that they'd rather lock up a bunch of land for themselves and kill the great big one rather than um fight for public access for everybody so that i think that's the way it's going to go but um you know in my at a broader level i think here i am i'm kind of like i i'm really do you know what existentialism is yeah okay so there's this idea in existentialism of thronness Mm -hmm. that we're thrown we didn't pick our parents. We're, we're thrown into this circumstance as human beings. We didn't choose any of it. And um, I think of myself and all of us, the rest, everybody on this planet, as being thrown into, onto the speck in the cosmos. So, so much of the material world, or the material, not world, but material universe Mm -hmm. we don't get to we don't get to experience like we are to a a zillion decimal points one percent of the cosmos we get to experience Mm -hmm. and then but on this little speck there's all these rules and regulations and property shit going on like that i can't even see this there's so many wonderful wonders of the of the natural world on our little speck, even on our little speck that I can't even experience. And that seems unjust to me. So, you know, not to the point where I'm trying to pass different laws, but you know, so you know, my whole thing is like <laughs> why why like what? just share. Just be just share. Like don't I, be I so- like what's cool about you, Miet? Like you'd be a cool dude to have around my campfire. That we could like just sit all night, celebrate your birthday because you're 52. Man, you're getting old, dude. We're gonna ha- we're gonna have to talk getting. about this. The, the, the good doctor getting. is getting old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you'd be you'd be a lot of fun around the campfire because I do think about that kind of stuff and it, uh, the 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 concepts that that you're talking about. You know, I'm I am just um, overly extreme about my beliefs in americanism and capitalism and 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 a free society and the you know you 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 create the bounty that you receive but there is something too how much how much bounty is too much for for one person to restrict the rest of us on on that land that god provided you know i, I it's such a philosophical yeah, thing it, yeah, you know what i mean like, it always totally is and yeah. i understand your point too but in my there's no way in the world no matter how much land I own that. I could be like, nope, nope. You don't get to look at that hillside. You don't get to look at that geological feature, that sandstone. Yeah. That's for me. That you don't get to see that. That's you know, for I, me. That's funny you say that, man. I have uh, where I live. We we live on like this uh, separated hill. I, I always call it. We live up on the mountain. Where, where you know where we live, it's not a mountain. It's like a foothill to the rest of the mountains. And I'm surrounded by a bunch of public land, you know, and, and all this stuff. And and I'm surround. I've I've got uh, other areas that surround my land with uh, some privately owned land. Uh, but the point is, is um, 
there's these cliffs that developed on our land. We this is the result of when you know, like Lake Missoula back. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when it melted in and. But, uh, one way to explain it is underneath the property where we're going to build the house is pure beach sand. And what that tells me is this was like a giant eddy when all those glaciers were melting and, and it was all wow. coming to pass. It was like this giant eddy and it brought all that sediment up and kind of built this mountain around these cliffs that I live on. And that's wow. why it's like beach sand under me, under, under us. And it's super interesting to dig into. And then as you get closer to the cliffs, you kind of turn into this river rock. Uh, and, and then, it, and then you get to the cliffs and I always have like these geologist professors that pull up to the bottom of my property. And, um, I, I'll just be, you know, going up and down the drive, I have a long ass driveway, man. It's a bane of my existence in the winter. Uh, but, um, I get down to the bottom and there'll be these, these dudes looking at my rocks and my cliffs. And I'll, I'll pull off and I'm like, man, what are you guys doing? You need, need some help. And they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're, we're geologists. We're studying your cliffs. Are you okay with that? And I'm like, shit, study away, dude. You have, you have, yeah. a ball. you know, it's just interesting how that all kind of formulated and it kind of puts into perspective the history of the land that like we live on and yeah, uh, yeah. offers a different appreciation and perspective on it. But anyway, I'm keeping you along, man. Um, the, uh, is there so so? This has been a great conversation in terms of what you've opened my eyes to, and and what I, I you know you make me think. I hope I made you think a little bit. Sure. Um, and yeah. and I think that um, when I when I have somebody like this who is you're you're somebody who has genuine concern for the future of hunting, which makes you my friend, regardless of whether or not we agree on how we achieve this. Right. Uh, it, and, and I do, you know, I'll just, let me just say that I, I don't think that, I think that a lot of the people in, in the, that are uh, outward, have an outward facing orientation in the hunting sphere don't care about it, but I think that you do. So I do, man. I, like this stuff keeps me up at night. I, I, I can't imagine a world where people cannot tap into that primal thing. And, and experience nature as a participant instead of a bystander, just watching, you know, like, yeah. like I look at, you know, bird watchers, they're not participating. They're just bystanders. When, when you're a hunter, you're actually a participant in nature. And, and that mm -hmm. is what is natural. It is what is human. And, and so I just, I, it concerns me to a deep level that this thing is in jeopardy for the future. And so I, I just, I want to keep the line of communication open between us. Like I'd love to have you come back on in the future and, and dive into some, I've, I've written down a few things you said that uh, piqued my interest in terms of like uh, helping people think about things from a different perspective. But the, the, the bottom line is, um, it, it, you know, like I said, it was a great conversation. I think we need more people like you out there thinking about this from a more holistic level and in a level of, uh, not just what is, what, what tag am I going to get for next season? You know, what, what does hunting yeah, look like 10 yeah. years from now? Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's great shit, man. It really is. Well, uh, thanks. And, and, you know, th like it's a lot of people, um, I, a lot of like the, of the mainstream hunting industry isn't, or media aren't, aren't gonna, you know, 
have me on and, and I've tried to have, have folks on my little podcast that are in the mainstream hunting industry that wouldn't do it. So like, yeah. I really appreciate you being open to, um, an alternate perspective. Um, you know, it's like takes some kind of amount of courage and, and who knows, like I, there's a very, very good chance that a year from now, um, the second that I determine that there's no way in the world that I'm going to affect the kind of change that I think needs to happen, then I'm going to be done. I, I'm only in this if it's going to if I can have a positive impact. And the second that I figure out that I can't, then I'll stop. So you know, like this idea that maybe I come on again once in a while would be great because it would allow me to blow off some steam. <laughs> Well, and it's important too, from the from the perspective of, you know, there with all the problems that we face as hunters, whether it is wh- whether it is grip and grins, or whether it is uh, advertising or monetization, or whether it's anti hunters or hostile vegans, maybe it's something we don't even know. But the the point that I guess what I guess what I'm trying to say is the fact that you're thinking about it and you're you're offering this perspective is saying something from a standpoint that not one single person out there is going to have the exact answer that we're looking for. Not one person is going to come up with the formula that's going to save hunting. It's going to take a community. And so we need your voice. We need my voice. We need Joe Smo, who's never even been on a podcast. Maybe he's never even heard of a podcast. The dude that I helped pack out an elk that was smoking cigarettes in a flannel shirt and cowboy boots way deep in the back country. What if he, yeah. has, you know, not yeah. one person is going to have the, the exact answer that we need. And so right. that's the, that's the point of having all these voices is, uh, if we, if we all just come together and sit around the fire and argue and fight and, uh, maybe give each other a, a couple of black eyes here and there, uh, not real ones, just, you know, proverbial or whatever. Um, we're all going to walk away with the, with a similar message and, and a similar, uh, solution that came to through these hard discussions and these, these hard topics. That's cool. Yeah. I I agree with all that. I think the biggest challenge for, for one. Okay. So this is not something I'm focused on, but one of the biggest challenges is going to be if we're going to all work together and think our way through it and come up with a solution that way, instead of just some grassroots, like, like revolution, which is what I'm trying for would be, you'd have to, the first thing you'd have to do is get, uh, the vast majority of hunting celebrities to acknowledge there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I and would, they don't. I would, yeah, I, I would, I'm not a hunting celebrity, but, uh, I, I, I would acknowledge that there's a problem with it. Yeah. Because so I, here I, we are, you and I are just a couple of peon, like, I don't want to say I'm a peon. Like, I'm a like peon, a man. Dude, dude I, I, like, I am the president of, of the club of peons. Okay. So, like, a guy has got a few hundred people listening to his podcast, a couple people, a couple thousand people looking at his Instagram, nothing, a zero, a nobody in the grand scheme of hunting media. And I don't care, give a shit about that anyway, other than I'm trying to affect change. But mm-hmm. um, we can say there's a problem. There's a major problem. Lack of access is a major, major, major problem. Um, inability to draw tags, crowding are major problems. 
they don't even see they so you and i are talking about saving this thing that's not the land that's not how they couch talking about hunting yeah i know that that that's not what they say that's not what all the heroes and hunting say i know yep i I, i would agree with that i i would agree it's been that is the uh that is the fire that created the smoke that I coughed on that made me want to start a podcast, man. Sure. So. There, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, so. You and I have a lot of common ground just in the fact that we're willing to acknowledge that yeah. there is a, a problem. So, yeah, for sure. Well, happy birthday, man. Uh, let's, let's wrap this up for now, but I'm serious. Let's, let's keep this conversation going. We'll, we'll hit this again in the future and uh just just keep the line of communication open i i just kind of wish i was there to celebrate with you i'm already like i'm fired up man i've i, I had a whiskey and coke and like i'm ready to go but uh we're, we're two hours into this brother yeah it's been a great a great chit chat oh and, i got uh, I do. and uh I, I wish you were here as well but on the other hand um like the folks i'm gonna get what to together with tonight or not hunters and i'm i'm looking forward to talking about something other than hunting for a while (laughs) might be a good shift of gears for sure um do you have do you have any pictures of you like behind an elk or a deer or something yeah lots of them can i have one so i can post it to promo promo the episode come on man (laughs) i can i can give you a picture of me hunting what not with the now with a could you imagine? What if it was like, like just you and a pheasant? No, no, yeah, <laughs> not, not, not happening. Well, you can't blame uh, me for find, trying. You look around, you'll find them. Okay. I mean, like, uh, like I have this dog that I have this deep love affair with my my corgi, and I started a Instagram page devoted to her a few years ago. And it lasted for like a week, and I was like, "This is stupid. I'm prostituting <laughs> up my dog." And uh, sh- and but it's called Shifty is Metal, and I can't even figure <laughs> out how to. How, it, that's her name, and I like I can't figure out how to delete it. But there's grip and grins on there. So, um, mm, I you, you know, know I like, have the same problem again. I, again, I, like yeah. I want to grip and grin just as much as or more than anybody. I got a big ego. I want to show my success. I just think it's bad. So, but yeah, you you can look around. Yeah, if you want. No, I'm totally grand. kidding, man. I to to promo this episode, I want you to send me the picture so you pick it out because I, I, okay. and I, I that's that's not abnormal. I have every guest do that. Okay. Um, yeah. Because I I you know caught some flack one time. I picked out a picture and they thought their like eyebrows were crooked or something. And uh, so, uh, like, send me a picture of that. But stick on the line. Let's let's wrap this up, man. Okay. Um, again, seriously, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I, I think uh, I think we achieved some things, and and that's always good. Uh, and I want you to have a, a hell of a fifty second birthday, brother. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. You made it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure you're following us on Instagram at the Western Huntsman and write us a good review at Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Stay Western, and I'll see you on the mountain.